As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Expect that you will be successful in what you're doing. Expect it. It's a given. If you're doing all the right things and you're doing, well, the things that you think are correct in growing your business, um, why wouldn't it happen? Hey dreamers, you are listening to Where Your Dreams, an amazingly inspiring podcast where we speak to the coolest girl millionaires, girl bosses and fashion entrepreneurs. If you've ever dreamed of creating your own business, then this podcast will give you all the tips, advice and inspiration to make it happen. Lego. Hey everyone, welcome to Wear Your Dreams. I'm Alice Louiton, founder of BEMI, and today I have a very special guest. I'm talking to Luba Tolkachov. Now, Luba is a successful entrepreneur and self-made millionaire. She is the co-founder and director of New Media for Gravity Media, which is a leading cultural advertising agency in New York City. Luba gained years of marketing experience while working for global brands like Coca-Cola, and Red Bull North America and just last year she won a Stevie Award for Women in Business in the category of Female Entrepreneur of the Year. Luba, welcome to the show. Thank you very much and thank you for such a wonderful introduction. <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm so glad you are joining us today and I've said a very short intro about you so could you give us a bit more insight into your personal life and background and explain a bit more about your business? Sure, sure. I'll start with my background. Um, I was born in uh, what is now the former Soviet Union. Um, we immigrated to the United States, to the New York area in 1989. So we've been in the States for over 25 years. And um, I was only about six years old when I came to the United States. So um, New York and the States are certainly my country and home. Uh, but 
one of the best things that um, I fall back on a lot from the immigrant um, experience and, you know, just kind of having lived in other places and experiencing the immigration process overall is um, exactly what it means to have the immigrant experience. And I think that's kind of where our work ethic comes from and um, the ability to build, create, persevere against um, odds that are sometimes against you. But that's kind of where and how life started in the United States. Um, since then, I did my studies um, in the States as well as in the UK. Um, most recently, I finished up my master's program at the London School of Economics. And the master's was in consumer behavior, which is very applicable to the work that I do today in terms of uh, cultural marketing. And um, here at Gravity, we are the number one cultural marketing agency in the United States. And what that means is that we first and foremost pay attention to the cultural backgrounds of our target audiences. So whether it's country of origin, language spoken, uh, behavioral trends, hobbies, and so forth, and build communications and strategies for our clients with culture first. Mm. Thank you for sharing, Luba. Now, I know you are a woman who has had an amazing business journey. And so I'm really interested in finding out about the start of your business ventures. So could you tell our listeners the story of what made you set up your business and speak to us about the steps you took to make it happen? Sure. Um, I like telling this story because I think it's almost one from, you know, a business fairy tale. Um, I also like recounting the story only because, um, you know, it kind of inspires uh, me to go back to a time when we were very youthful and hopeful and, you know, things couldn't go wrong, which um, I'm proud to say we still carry a little bit of that with us. But in essence, uh, my partners and I, uh, we were in our early 20s and all working in advertising. And that's where we met. We had a couple of years working together in the past. Um, we went on a uh, wedding vacation. So one of our partners was actually getting married at the, in, the, in the Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. And all of us came together and, you know, were part of this beautiful ceremony and time spent with family and friends. And on the last day when we were going back and we needed to kind of go back to our real lives, we sat on the beach and we were, ch- you know, chatting and talking about uh, what is it that we want to do with the rest of our lives, which are conversations that we, you know, um, normally engaged in. And uh, everyone kind of came back with the same idea. Hey, I want to do something for my own. I want to build. I want to create. I want to grow. I want to give back. And what we decided to do was actually start not an advertising agency, but a tech incubator. Mm-hmm. Um, this was in 2008 early 2008. So uh, tech in New York was just kind of starting, mainly it was based out on the West Coast. And uh, there were a lot of really cool uh, projects and businesses coming up and we wanted to be part of that scene. So that's in essence why we originally actually called our company uh, Finder because the last two letters were DR for Dominican Republic where we created our company. Um, we then came back to New York and we had to actually create the business we were aspiring to make. Uh, we did leave our jobs, um, came together, rented a you know one-room office from a colleague and started building and uh, faced a lot of hardships because tech was hard and it continues to be hard. 
So what we wound up doing was we started running a digital advertising agency simultaneously to building tech products. Uh, that's where the experience of being in an advertising agency in years past was. So it was uh, something that we called upon and ultimately started going into the journey of digital marketing. Uh, within a year, we understood that clients really needed um, a, a partner that to help them through um, the cultural, multicultural navigation of consumer segments. So we brought that together and put that under the umbrella of Gravity as the um, cultural agency here in the States. And so still focusing on, you know, this early stage of the business, what was the most difficult part to starting and kind of how did you overcome this, this difficulty that I'm sure you faced? I think looking, you know, um, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Mm. So looking back at that time, it's all very exciting and you remember it very fondly, but there were many difficult moments. Um, everything from not being able to um, financially support yourself or your employees. That certainly is one of the scariest moments in the beginning. We had one employee and month on month, all we worried about was making sure that he had enough, you know, we had enough money to pay him. Um, but, you know, Looking back at that time, uh, we did have this enormous enthusiasm for the hope of the future. I think one of the most difficult things um, at that time is there's so many things to do and there's only X amount of people to do them. So you're always in go, go, go. You're always in busy, right? So, and because you're kind of, you know, you're first building your business and you're putting brick on brick and building that, that house, um, everything is a really big deal. So a file didn't go out, that's the biggest deal in the world, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, somebody's late to a meeting, the world just ended. Yeah. Um, and I remember, I remember, and I think that's one of my biggest, you know, changes in the last eight years that we've built the business, um, that, you know, it's, we're human first and things happen and not everything is world changing and we're, you know, uh, we're certainly doing very important work, but we're not saving lives. So um, to kind of take it easy on, on certain things. But yeah, that, you know, to answer your question, what were the most difficult pieces? Difficult pieces was um, keeping the lights on, as always, getting clients, making sure that we get paid. Uh, there's a lot of reputation building that you have to do when you go into a client service business. Mm -hmm. You have to um, showcase and show the ability of work um, that you're able to produce out of an agency. And that takes time. So in that gap between beginning and, you know, when you could show the proof of work, there's a lot of financial difficulties. And the second piece is just being extremely overwhelmed with things that are very important and things that you know, in hindsight, are not as important as you thought they might have been at that time. Mm. And kind of looking back, when you were faced with, you know, these difficult challenges that I'm sure kind of came every now and again, what kind of things helped you get through those moments? You know, did you have any, um, you know, could you give any practical advice of the, you know, or tips of things that you did? Yes. Absolutely. Um, you know, I understand that everyone listening to this podcast is uh, in a partnership. Some people might be, you know, solo entrepreneurs, but I think it is extremely important to have advisors around who could help you navigate the beginning steps of your journey, of your business building journey. Um, in our case, uh, we did have partners who had different areas of expertise and interest 
uh, in which case we're able to support each other because one of the things that we all need to understand is that we all certainly do need support, whether it's just having someone listen to you, give you a piece of advice, help you out with a document, etc. And um, that to me is the biggest piece of advice that I would give to anyone building a business. Make sure that there's a network around who is able to, um, who you're able to lean on. And that might have to be a number of people. Maybe one person is there just to kind of hear you out and listen to the problems while somebody else is there to actually help you solve them. But in starting out, I think my partners and having the partners, having a partnership was one of the best things that um, happened to our business. Mm. And how, you know, have you got any advice as to how one would seek um, advisors or I guess mentors What's, do, you, do you have any tips to kind of do that? Yeah, absolutely. We actually went through the process of building an advise, an official advisory board a couple of years back. Nice. So uh, we did go through the process of, um, you know, a process of how to um, engage with advisors on a bit more of an official level. And um, first and foremost, I think that you need to identify who those people are that you want to seek advice from. So in our case of an advertising agency, uh, we went back to see who are those people who have built successful agencies in the past and possibly at this point have either exited or are doing something else. Um, they've had lengthy careers. They have a lot of experiences. They have a lot of advice to give. So initially, step one is just identifying who those people are, putting them down on paper and um, figuring out you know, as step two, how to best get referrals into those people. Mm. One of the things that I'd like to actually, um, that I see a lot coming up, and we just had a discussion about this as part of um, a, a woman's entrepreneurship group here at the office, was um, a lot of times people put down on that list, you know, the superstars of the superstars of the industry. And those people, a lot of the times, they don't have the time. They're on so many boards and everybody wants access to them. So I also recommend making a list of people who are who have had fantastic experiences, who you, you know, admire, but who might have a little bit more time on their hands because they're not, you know, in essence, celebrity in that specific field. Yeah. Yeah, uh, very important. And then, you know, once you're able to get either a soft introduction or introduce yourself in one way or another and get their contact information, it's very important to make sure that you are approaching it in a very structured manner. You're, you're prepared with, you know, um, a document, whether it's an overview of your company and what you're trying to achieve and what those numbers may look like in the future or now, etc. Uh, but it needs to be done in a very formal manner because you're asking for someone for their time and their advice. And that communication is one of the first documents that they will see from you. So if they see something that comes in that's thought through, buttoned up, you know, has all the reasons why they should do this, uh, it's a lot easier for them to say yes. Mm. Wow. One of the things that we learned was that, um, you know, in kind of going through the process, mo- most people, 99.9% of the people will reply to you at your request to invite them to be an advisor to your company. Yeah. It doesn't mean that they will reply with a you know favorable answer, but they will acknowledge your, your ask and they will have a conversation around why they can or cannot. Um, out of the people who we've asked, and again, it's a strategic ask, so you kind of know, you know, the reasons why they would want to join before you're even asking, um, majority do accept. 
so you also have to be mindful about, you know, as you're kind of putting this together, how many people do you really need? Do you need 10 people, you know, on your, you know, newly advised, you know, advisory board? Can you really manage that many advisors? So we always recommend starting with three or four. Um, and then, you know, structuring conversations and meetings to be able to use their time wisely. Mm. Wow, thank you for sharing that, Lou, but I know my audience are really going to love that advice. Um, And actually, I'm sort of going to go backtrack a bit as to when you spoke about when you first started the business Mm -hmm. and I know when you said you you know you left your job and you you had this enthusiasm and hope of the future now I know kind of a lot of girls that have this these big dreams and they're perhaps a bit hesitant to really go to, to go full in and and leave their job so I'm really quite interested in in hearing about what was it that made you feel very confident that and have this hope of the future um, and essentially you were able to have that confidence and quit your job so I think the optimism that I spoke to is a characteristic of entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. So I'm imagining that most of the people listening to this podcast actually do have that, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's almost for them. They don't need to channel it somewhere. They have it in them. And uh, what they need now is where I think, you know, kind of pen hits paper is a plan. Mm-hmm. So it's less about you know getting yourself psyched out, psyched up about what you know the excitement and the and the enthusiasm. It's more about I have that. What do I do with it now? And um, I always say that you know fifty percent of success is actually having a plan, making sure that that is a plan that is um, written down thought through, um, discussed, and it doesn't have to look like a business plan that you submit to an investor or anything along those lines. It could be on a piece of paper that you got, you know, um, on a coaster at a bar. As long as you actually put pen to paper, I think it makes things so much clearer of where you're going. Um, As part of that process, I strongly suggest uh, setting goals, even if goals are, you know, very long term um you know it's it's important to understand what is it that you're trying to achieve one of the things that i find very helpful is making sure that the goals have a measurement standard to it so it's not you know i want to um you know be on the big stage at tech week you know someday it's not someday it's in two years Mm. so like having milestones like that really helps and then ultimately because time once you put this down time passes and you forget right you forget how you know how hard you wanted it how you know how much work went into it and so forth so having a reference point to go back to and see am i am i tracking well according to what my plans were when i first started um this business is very very helpful um i I find that a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, female and male, it's, you know, it's, it doesn't have a gender bias at all. Um, they have the ideas, enthusiasm, but when it comes time to start planning things out, um, things fall apart. So I think having that plan, as I mentioned, is the key to any future accomplishments. Mm. Thank you, Luba. Um, and still on the same focus of the beginning of your business, can you describe what a kind of typical day-to-day um, life was like in the early stages, if there was a typical day? <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, <laughs> there is yeah, there's 
definitely a typical day that has no typical pattern. <laughs> um, it's it's it was just a lot of everything from putting you know painting the walls to putting tables together to hiring to um, hustling to figure out you know how do we position ourselves in market, taking advantage of any opportunity that came our way to meet people in the industry, to meet potential prospects and clients. Um, a lot of our time um, was spent on pitching, right? To pitching clients, um, showing them what our capabilities were, what we can do for them, how we could work together. Um, a lot of our time was spent on talking about who we want to be when the agency kind of grows up and what we want to you know, stand for. Um, and, you know, a good portion of our time was also spent on just really being together as partners, very important. It's very easy to forget the people who are closest to you as opposed to, by forget, I mean not allocate time to sit together, understand where they're coming from, what challenges they're facing, what conversations should be had around personal, professional, etc. Because these are the people who are holding, we're holding each other in building a business. So you want to make sure that you're having really good, healthy relationships with the people around you. Awesome. And could you tell us what a typical day is like now? Um, same, <laughs> same that there's no typical, but, um, you know, a, a lot of our time now is spent really thinking about how our agency is going to impact the industry, how it's going to impact the, um, the voice of the cultural communities in the United States and beyond. Uh, we certainly do spend a lot of times with clients. It's a lot more on a strategic level because we, uh, in the last, eight years that we've been in business, we seven years, uh, we have been able to build a very, very strong team of uh, extremely diverse talent that bring so much knowledge and expertise and just personality to, you know, to our, to our company that we are very much able to entrust a lot of the day-to-day to the team. And um, myself and, and my partners, while we have different, you know, kind of focuses on what we're taking care of in the agency, collectively, our job really is to set up the company for the future. Nice. And, and so now, Lou, but I'd quite like to hear a story um, within a time within your business journey when you literally felt like, wow, this is a dream come true. I'm literally living my dream. Um. Now, every day, every, you know, every day that I could walk into the office and see the team that is here and know how we have um, impacted their lives by giving them a place to work where they are doing and working on passion projects. Um, walking into the office and seeing the potential that we have in in our organization to support um, clients, to support um an overall dialogue around culture, ethnicity, and so forth in, in the United States and now internationally um, is in every day that I walk in and think this is a dream come true. Wow. I love that. Thank you, Liva. Yeah. Um, and so now I really want to delve into your success in becoming a millionaire as we do love to inspire our girls to dream big and have big goals. So Liva, could you share with us some, you know, what factors does it take to build a successful, you know, multi-million dollar company? So I'm assuming that 
the listener has a a passion for for entrepreneurism, right? So because because yeah. if, if it's not there, it's very difficult to fake it. Um, it's hard, you know. A lot of times you're um, in an environment where the decision is yours. You know, the the fork on the road is yours to take, and you have to be able to do so with um, knowledge that it's going to be successful. And I think that, in essence, is the number one piece of advice, aside from having a plan, since we talked about that, is expect that you will be successful in what you're doing. Mm. Expect it. It's a given. If you're doing all the right things and you're doing, well, the things that you think are correct in growing your business, um, why wouldn't it happen, right? And that's just the mindset that, that everyone needs to have when they're building out. I think one of the you know, definitions of being an entrepreneur is that you think the impossible is possible. And I think that um, the ability to really embody that and live in a way that your dreams are going to come true and your business is going to get built and it's going to be successful and things will be just fine, um, well, more than fine, is the only way to pursue this journey. Because, yes, of course, we all have moments of self-doubt, trust me. Even when you're, um, you know, the Bill Gates of the world, they, everyone has moments of self-doubt. Yeah. But those are moments. Yeah. And you could use those moments as moments of reflection versus having that be your, you know, philosophy on life. I think as an entrepreneur, having a plan and expecting for that plan to be successful because you're doing the things that are meant for it to be successful is um, primarily uh, the two things that you really need to own um, and believe in as you're moving forward. Mm. And do you have any success routines or rituals that you could perhaps share with us? Uh, Yes, absolutely. So um, I think it's important to be organized. Um, By nature, I'm not an extremely organized person. I think many people who are on a journey to start their own businesses uh, are could be organized, but majority of us are not because there's so many different things happening. And, um, you know, it's kind of difficult just to manage all these pieces at the same time. So I think tip number one is to try to really get as organized as possible as much as you can at the moment. It's just going to be that much easier years in, um, you know, years in as things progress and your workload and your business grows. Mm. Um, I also believe, huge believer, and I have experienced this on myself is the need for physical activity in your life, the need for uh, moments of reflection in your life. And I know it's, you know, it's not what you're thinking about in your year one, two, three, where everything is moving at um, a mile a minute and you just need to kind of hold on to things to make sure that they still work. But I think stepping out of the office and going to do a yoga class or having a run or anything along those lines is really vital to your mental uh, well-being. Mm. I know that, and it's funny because my team also, if I'm, if I'm not doing a lot of yoga, I'm not um, as patient. <laughs> and I mean, we, we all have our things. And I know that really, uh, fundamentally, it makes you a better business person when you balance those those two parts so organization and not forgetting about you as a person and you you know your body and what your body needs to be successful not just your mind Mm. is extremely important um and what would you say is the most valuable advice that you've received during your millionaire journey i believe i I mean i know um the most valuable advice really has been 
um, the belief that what you're doing will happen. Wow. Right? Put it out there. This is what I want. Write it down. This is what I will happen. And just believing in that that's what's going to happen. And it might turn out to be a little bit different, right? But again, if you believe that what you're doing is worth your time and you're doing what you need to do to see success, whatever that is you define as successful, it's going to happen. I love that. Thank you, Luba. Um, Now, I'm really excited about the next segment of Wear Your Dreams as we are now going into the triple love round. And I'm going to ask you three questions about things you love and why. So the first question is a book you love. So I'm actually reading this book. I'm a very big fan of Brene Brown. Uh, Many of the listeners might know her. Uh, She is the social psychologist behind um, the theory of vulnerability and basically being able to put yourself out there and have difficult conversations and have your honest face be, um, be out there in the public eye and being able to kind of stand behind what is it that you're trying to make. And she has this fantastic TED Talk that I highly recommend for all young entrepreneurs. Um, her name is Brene Brown. Uh, and her next novel is, or book, it's called uh, Rising Strong. And the thesis of the book is how to get up after you've fallen because if you put yourself out there you're going to fall you're kind you know it's going to happen eventually something's going to happen that's not going to go your way in the short term so this book really talks about uh personal experiences from her and a lot of other people in her you know in her life um and how they were able to um get themselves up dust themselves off and keep going on their journey so it's it's something that it's a book that i highly recommend and an author that's fantastic Awesome. And now a quote you love. So it's a, it's a quote from our um, elementary days here in the States. And it's a quote that I teach my um, children um, till this day. And it goes something like this. Good, better, best. Never let it rest until the good is better and the better is best. And all that really means is just don't give up. You believe it, keep going. Mm. And finally, an inspirational woman you love. Mm, that's a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> because I, um, I do believe that every person in, um, you know, in, in my network and external network and so forth is inspirational uh, because it's up to us to find the inspiration in others. Um, I, I do think that what um, Sheryl Sandberg is doing now is huge. Um, I'm a I'm a big fan of her work, and I'm a big fan of um, the thesis that she's put out there in you know in kind of the dialogue that's happening around woman women overall. Um, I think she is very inspirational, and I think that just you know seeing her grow progress into who she, who she is and who she will be in the future is, is incredible mm. awesome and guys you will find all the show notes and info about luba on our website at bemigirl.com that's g-b-e-m-i girl.com and last but not least luba could you tell us some exciting new things that you are doing today you know what really has you feeling happy and alive in terms of your business or you as an individual 
Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, you know, as I mentioned, we've been um, building the agency for the last seven years. Um, we are uh, at the stage where we're able to see things grow and teams grow and have really good dialogues and have some really amazing clients. Um, at this point, I think, you know, it's come time for us to uh, give back on a bit more of a structured level um, in terms of conversations, advice, um, just having having the knowledge that we went through and being passed on to other um to others uh i'm currently working through a uh an incubator for startups that have founders who are a female and b who are of immigrant descent So I think it is something that is very much in line with the thesis of our agency of cultural uh, focus. And I think that there are certainly many, well, I know that there are many really smart women who um, come from immigrant backgrounds that might not necessarily have um, a very strong network here in the United States. So I'm building a platform around that to be able to support them in their entrepreneurial journeys moving forward. Awesome. And when will that be uh, live, Libra? Um, yeah, I think that we're, you know, we're, th- we're starting with um, kind of the beta events and conversations uh, by end of this year. So okay. right before the holidays. And then it's going to roll out a bit more formally in the beginning of 2016. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. Um, And can you share with us one amazingly inspiring piece of advice that will help the Wear Your Dream listeners achieve their dream of becoming a millionaire girl, starting and building a successful company and living the life that they dream of? I think my advice is that it's not a dream. It's it's reality if you want it to be, right? So um, my piece of advice is treated as it's yours. It's going to be yours and, um, you know, take advantage of all the wonderful resources that are available to you in this incredible network of women entrepreneurs uh, internationally. Um, you know, I'm based in the States, but I know the network is extremely strong worldwide. So take your dream, make sure that you understand it's going to become reality and take full advantage of the network that you have available to you in making this reality yours. Awesome. And Luba, let us know, how can we get in touch with you and find out a bit more about your business and any other projects you have coming up? Sure. um, I could, do you want me to do my email here or do you want to leave it in the comments or something? Yes, we can absolutely leave that in the comments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, please feel free to email me with any questions. Um, I'm certainly available to, to have conversations around the topics we discussed around, you know, the, around gravity about cultural marketing and so forth. And I'd welcome the communication. Awesome. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Luba. I'm feeling highly inspired and I'm sure the way your dream listeners are too. So thank you for your valuable time and insights and we will see you soon. Alice, thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you, Luba. Be well. Bye-bye. Bye. Dreamers, thank you for being with us today on Where Your Dreams. You can find all the show notes as well as cool girl content on bemigirl.com. That's G-B-E-M-I-Girl.com. We would love to hear from you. So drop us a comment and let us know your thoughts and we will see you next time. And remember, girlies, anything is possible. So wear your dreams.
Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beige Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O- L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldejanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off.